0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, a member FDIC. There's nothing more heartbreaking and absolutely disrespectful, if I have to say, in a relationship than being lied to and cheated on by a partner that you have freaking loved and committed yourself to. While we make no freaking excuses for cheaters or for men who turn around and make themselves out to be the victim or blame the partner for their cheating, what we can do is understand the game and know what to look out for and then... Absolutely, take our power and move accordingly. And homie, my guest today, Sadia Khan, is a psychologist and relationship expert that is known to give the hard freaking truth, followed by a dose of reality for men and women to heal and start having healthier and happier connections with each other. In this two part episode, Sadia reveals how the heck we can love and still be cheated on anyway. Ladies, My homies, this is going to be really hard to hear, but I promise you it's worth a listen so that you can get to the truth. And then, like I said, just act accordingly. It's time to step into your power. And you can actually start doing that by sharing this episode with any other female in your life that may be struggling with this exact thing. It's time for me to start bringing on even more powerful freaking women with heartfelt no BS stories so that you can see what is possible and of course, then become the hero of your own life. Stick around for part two with this power pack conversation with Sadia Khan.
1: When they say I love you and cheat, as much as that sounds like a paradox to us, unfortunately for them, what that meant is. Now, you're a psychologist who really focuses on actually helping a
0: lot of men. Yes. And where I want to start today, actually, is why is it that a man can say he loves you? He can actually seem really happy in that relationship and then turn around and cheat on you
1: weirdly, in my experience, it is true. This it's, it's a dichotomy that I took me a really long time to understand because for me, in order to love me, you have to respect me. And um, cheating involves an element of disrespect that, you know, I, I'm sure that yourself as well, we don't really tolerate. But having worked with so many men over the years, what it is, is that they can love you but have unmet needs. And with men, because communication isn't their forte, um, they don't like to communicate what these unmet needs are. So they outsource them from another uh, in, in another environment. So when they say I love you and "she," as much as that sounds like a paradox to us, unfortunately for them, what that meant is I loved you. I didn't want to hurt you or upset you or tell you what was going on. So I just wanted to appease my own needs elsewhere at the expense of my relationship, which is not right. But it doesn't mean they didn't love their wife, which is really hard mm. pill to swallow. But unfortunately, in their world, that's what it means. So how they think that's actually a <laughs> Really brilliant way of breaking it down. But then how, as women,
0: when we're in a relationship, do we know that we can actually trust them? Because to your point, if you think that they're happy, if they're saying, oh my God, I love you, yeah, trust is a big freaking thing in that relationship. Mm. And so how, how do you start to communicate that? And how do you start to identify... Because I do think a guy has to take the responsibility as well that if you're not happy, you need to speak up. Absolutely. But if they don't, how do you start to navigate that situation? How do you um,
1: maybe even try to help prevent that situation? And how do you not take it as a personal thing? Or is it personal? Uh, It's definitely not personal. In my experience of working with them, it's definitely not personal. Um, uh, How you know if you can trust them or not, one of the good ways to understand is looking at their value system before they met you. Now, if they have a set of values, where if they have unmet needs, the desire to have feel desired or the desire to feel intimate with somebody exceeds their desire to remain in a monogamous relationship, then chances are at some stage they're going to risk the relationship. So you really have to look at their values as a person. Now, if they're the type of person that if they want something they they'll get it and they don't mind risking it all, then in the course of a relationship, they can stray. But if they're the type of person who, as much as they might want something, they recognize that the risk is not worth the cost, and they're quite risk-averse in general, and they they genuinely value their wife's well-being, that person will find it difficult. Even if his wife hasn't slept with him in a long time, hasn't made him feel special, if he cares about her well-being, he doesn't put his needs first. And so that guy is less likely to cheat. Now, as a woman, how you can navigate that is you sometimes some women, especially after children, they forget that the man still has needs. They forget that as tired as she is and exhausted as she is and so preoccupied, and this is no flaw of hers is just what happens when you become a mum. She naturally can forget that he needs a bit of attention, he needs a bit of love, he needs a bit of affection. And in her, in her attempt to become a mother and a fantastic mother, she can often neglect her duties as a wife. So what happens is he doesn't want to say, oh, by the way, can you stop looking after the kids and come back to me? So he might outsource it. How I recommend you navigate that is just And it's so difficult for women. But if you can make quality time to ask more open-ended questions to your partner, it makes a world of a difference. Rather than just what time are you coming? Can you pick up the kids? Can you do this? It's like, how are you feeling? Is everything okay? What's stressing you out? You haven't been yourself. You stay attuned to your partner they're less likely to stray. doesn't mean they won't 100% and doesn't mean you're responsible, but they're less likely to stray. So it isn't personal, but what it is a reflection of is the communication has broken down in some way, shape or form. And it's finding a, a time to reconnect will prevent that from getting to an affair. Okay,
0: I love your honesty.
1: I know what people are thinking
0: at home right now. In the comments, they're saying, why is it my responsibility? The guy should own it. And actually, I actually want to be the voice of saying you can't control them. You can't control if they're communicating, right? Like people at home right now, please hear me. This isn't to blame women, but you can't control how the guy shows up. You can't force him to Mm -hmm. communicate. So I just say in that situation, what is it that I can do and choose to do or not do, right? I think that what you're doing right now, and it's going to be very tricky to navigate, but I think it's super important. What you're doing is you're saying, this is the way the situation is. This is how men feel, whether you like it or not. Now as women... At least if I have the choice to say, I'm going to ask my partner if if there's any needs or I'm exhausted. No, I'm not going to ask him. Cool. Don't ask him. But just know the reality of what the potential outcome is going to be. So now setting kind of that stage. One goes back to something you just said about the value system. Yeah. So how do you start to identify that value system in them? Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard you say that you can also ask some questions about their childhood that reveal how they are today. Yeah. So take me through what sort of things that we can ask our partners if, if we're dating yeah. or if we're starting or we're already in a relationship with someone to start identifying what those values are.
1: Okay. So um, great question, by the way. But what, what what I would recommend is how you identify a man's values is you assess their kind of uh, opinions on things that are not related to them. What I mean by this is one of the great things about our jobs is that we can kind of say, oh, someone said this today. What do you think about mm-hmm. that? And so you might want to say something like, I read this article about men feeling neglected after a baby's born. What do you think about that? Or um, my a colleague at work said that he feels like his wife doesn't want to have sex with him anymore. What do you feel about that? Or one common thing that a lot of people don't talk about is how men sometimes lose sexual desire for their wife after marriage, after living together. Um, they might have been really rampant before, but they kind of lose their desire and they're not chasing their wife for sex the way they used to. And it's these kind of conversations, how you identify his values is his ability to be honest. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're with somebody who will tell you the truth, even if it hurts you, you are in luck and as much as that might sound difficult it actually creates emotional attunement. You, you're, he's teaching you how to love him and you do the same with him but if you have a partner who is unable to express himself what will happen is he'll find an outlet to express himself. Hopefully that will be a healthy outlet but sometimes it can be an unhealthy outlet so how you assess his value system is you, you assess how honest he is even if he does he stick to the truth even if it offends some people and if he's the type of person where truth matters to him, then chances are he'll be more honest and you can create a connection that will prevent infidelity. Mm. So I love the idea of
0: asking someone the questions yes. to see how they're going to respond. Yeah. Um, and then I've heard you say like that it's actually more likely that when a guy becomes a father, that they're more likely to cheat. Is yeah. that why? Because they start to... Do they feel the guilt of putting it on the the mother? Yeah. And so they're just like, if I just go take my needs over here, now I don't have to make her feel
1: bad that yeah. she's not giving it up. Absolutely. Unfortunately, what happens is they recognise it is a selfish desire to expect her to be breastfeeding, looking after the baby, just push the baby out and then go and look after him. They realise, they know there's a part of them that can't always expect ex- expect it, but they want it. They miss the woman they had pre-kids because women do change after children and they become exhausted because children are exhausted. Um, They become preoccupied with the child. They find it difficult to just kind of forget the child and let's go for dinner and just think about dinner. Whereas for a man, they can go and play football, leave the baby, and they can think about football. What they're doing is what they're thinking about. So they miss that one-to-one connection with their wife so much. They really miss it, but they don't know how to say it. And because they don't know how to say it, but they do know how to outsource it, they'll look for somewhere else. And a lot of the time after children is when men turn to pornography more, or they'll turn to escorts, or they'll turn to webcam women more, because they actually don't want to put in the effort of falling in love with another woman. But they do have, they do want to feel intimacy again. And they're looking for either an, a sense of a vulnerability or emotional connection with somebody else, especially with these webcam girls. They talk to you and so on and so forth. So I'd want to know what is the emotional and feeling he's seeking from pornography that he isn't being able to get from us. And I would consider it a bit of pornography because it has a trickle-down effect on the relationship. They either find it more difficult to get aroused by their partner or they're less uh, physically attracted. So because it has an impact on my connection with him, I would consider it a bit of cheating. Would you consider it? No, so so Tom and I
0: have very open communication and so we talk about porn all the time. And sometimes, like, we have a rule don't ever get offended if he asks for sex, but yeah. don't ever get offended if I say no. Right. And so, because we've got that rule, if I say no, I still want my husband to have sexual. Yeah. So I'm just like, go watch porn, babe. But like, I'm too yeah. tired. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and so, because amazing. we have that communication, now I think it'd be very different if he didn't approach me, he didn't ask me for sex, and I walked in and yeah. he was sneaking it. Yeah. And I think that that's more about the trust going back to that yeah. trusting that we started with. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where it comes from. Is that hang on, you didn't trust me enough to even talk to me about it. Yeah. And And now what's happened in our relationship where you don't feel like you can communicate that with me?
1: I agree with that mentality. When it is a case of I've approached you first and you're not in the mood, you're tired or whatever, respectfully, I still have needs, I completely agree with that. But when it's a case of my wife, I haven't even approached, I haven't even discussed anything, I'm almost living a separate Mm, life, mm. it's quite dangerous. But I also think it benefits the fact that uh, uh, Tom is not 25 years old. These young guys, they've been grown up with pornography Mm. and it has a a real big impact on their relationships. I think after the age of 35, they can still remember what life was like without pornography. They still prefer human connection. Under 25 and under 30, they can't even remember a time where they had to put in the work to get sexual satisfaction. So when their wife rejects them, instead of even facing the rejection, they'd rather go straight to the pornography and that's what makes it a bit difficult. So the key there is date someone over 35. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I think so, unfortunately. Um, Okay, so in these situations,
0: where maybe you sense that the the guy's straying. Again, I think that the the empowerment here is to take to be able to see the signs and then decide whether, okay, if your partner's cheating, is that something that you then forgive? Mm -hmm. Do you work through it, right? Or do you take your power and do you leave? Like, that's what I'm all about. That's why it's really important for me to Mm -hmm. talk about this cheating aspect. Because from what I hear from a lot of people that have been cheated on is they feel deflated. They feel like it is about them. They feel this their um, insecurity goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. Their confidence, you know, literally plummets. And then it's hard to come back from that. Absolutely, And so- what are the signs that maybe someone can identify yes. if they think that somebody is cheating or not?
1: Okay. Um, well, one thing I always find quite fascinating is when I have clients where the man has been cheating for four or five years. I almost and I, and I know this sounds negative, but I almost look at the woman and I think, how did how did he manage this for four or five years? What was happening to your connection where somebody could live a double life for four or five years and you didn't notice anything? And most of the time, when that happens, where somebody's lived a separate life, the woman. Someone's almost clocked out of the relationship from an emotional perspective, but they're still married on paper or just lifestyle. So, what I always say is, if you if you want to rebuild after an affair, or if you want to know someone's uh, having an affair, you have to look at your your emotional connection with each other. If you have an emotional connection with each other, where on a daily basis you're connecting, you're speaking to each other, you're emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually connected. It's difficult for that person to stray without you realizing. You'll notice within a day or two something will be off. His eye contact will be different to you. Everything will be different. But if you're two people who are living separate lives, you won't spot the signs because you haven't emotionally invested in each other. This is man or women. There are men out there that don't realise when their wife is having an affair because they haven't taken the time to notice what she's up to that day, how often she calls, how what she, how, what she wears and so on and so forth. So when you are so emotionally and uh, psychologically connected to your partner, it's very little that they can do without you recognising a change. So essentially, it's just a change in behavior. If you see any change in your partner's behavior to how they used to be, and that is emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, your intimacy's changed, then you know there might be new energy entering their world. Um, but if you remain connected, you'll be able to spot that quite early on, and you won't have situations where you're blindsided. Yeah, I've even heard you say, like, they may even be happier. Yeah, unfortunately, they might, because sometimes some people are so starved of attention from the person they love, when they finally get it, and in any form, even if that new person is really toxic, if they finally get attention, they have a kick in their step, and they're all excited to go to work, or they just seem happier, but more often, they're more hostile to their partner. Yeah, that's more often the case. They're hostile. And the reason they tend to be hostile is essentially we all know cheating is wrong. Yeah. Even if you grow up with a philosophy that men can cheat, whatever it is, if you have to live a double life, you feel inauthentic. You feel some element of guilt. And the only way to feel less guilty in that moment is to blame your wife. So a lot of men will say, look, she doesn't even cook for me or look, she doesn't even look after herself or look, she didn't remember it was uh, my birthday or look what she did for me on Christmas. Nothing compared to my mistress. So what will happen happen is they'll start being negative towards their wife. They'll start getting critical over small things to remove their element of shame and guilt. So they can be quite ratty for no reason. So they can be happier in yeah. general, but they're more ratty towards yeah. you.
0: Ooh, that's so freaking confusing. Yeah, because, as a, like, honestly, if my husband came home and he was happy, it's like, oh, I'm so happy that you're happy. Yeah, babe. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, like, so I, I would perceive it to be the other Good. way. Yeah,
1: I would, I would as well. But then the connection with you should be happier. Mm. If he's doing well at work and he's doing well in his fitness, and then you two are having better sex and you two everything is trickling into your relationship, amazing. But if he seems to be all excited about getting dressed up and he's going to the gym, but when you ask him for quality time, he acts like a, you're burden oh. then you're like there's a there's a discrepancy between what's going on in your life and how you're treating me Is something up and don't be afraid to have that conversation it doesn't have to be an accusation it could just be talk to me what's going on so not just like hey you cheating <laughs> try not to I don't do that I go straight to the jugular but if you can't avoid <laughs> oh, what me what do you do I, I assume the worst I always assume the worst this is a problem I have if you own your own business when an
0: employee leaves your company whether on good terms or bad all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa
1: is I and I've gotten better it takes me you know when somebody builds trust for such a long time you realize it's a you problem but for many many years the moment any sign of difference I would interpret it as there is infidelity going on isn't that strange yeah Uh, so I'm I I love that you said that
0: honestly because as a psychologist who li- this is literally what you do for a living, yeah. even you, and you're like, I've heard you say something like, yeah, I, I know so much about the red flags that almost now everything becomes a red everything. flag. So how actually help me work through that and everyone at home because. I love talking about the red flags. How do I identify, right? Going yeah. back to how do I control my own life? Yeah. How do I start spotting things that my partner or someone's doing? And then now identify things so that I have the control to then act the way I want to yeah. act. Um, but when everything now seems like a red flag, it can you even said like it can actually become now detrimental to yeah. your
1: relationship. Absolutely. So how do you work through that? Personally, or people. Both, both. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I start with red flag. Try your best to identify your own red flags first. Ooh, always. The reason why it's always good to identify your own red flags is then you don't have to control people. When you have self control and self awareness, mm-hmm. you don't have to control people. If I know I have a, a tendency to attach to men that use me because I I'm always I like to feel needed in a relationship. I feel more special when I do everything for a man, and then at least I create a dependency and that makes me feel loved. If I know that's a red flag in me, I'm naturally going to atta- attract a narcissist. I'm naturally going to attract a taker. If I'm constantly leaving my door open and take everything I've got, I'm going to attract a taker. So if I create better boundaries for my own red flags, it means you can have a red flag, you can have a red flag, you can have a red flag, but you're not going to enter my world because I know I've got my armors up for that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. So I'd recommend try and recognize your own red flags. And then when you're ass- people, everybody's going to have red flags here and there, but you just have to recognize what's a deal breaker for you. There's character flaws and then there's deal breakers. Everybody's going to have character flaws. Some people might be late. Some people might be messy. Some people might not be as intelligent as you like, but deal breakers might be, I don't want somebody who can't regulate their emotions and gets too angry. I can't cope with that. I can't cope with somebody who doesn't check in on me and doesn't even see if I'm good or bad, just gets on with their day and is super independent. I can't be with someone who's disloyal. Once you know your deal breaker, instead of focusing on all the things that you love about a man just focus on the deal breakers he could be amazing on a million things but if he's got even one of your deal breakers the the relationship will deteriorate but if he's got none of the deal breakers and maybe he's not the most handsome person in the world or maybe he's not the most successful but he's got no deal breakers that person is a green flag so just know your own red flags and your own deal breakers and you'll be good to go I love Love that what are your uh, red flags for yourself then? Personally I'm super insecure super super insecure and I you know I've worked on it for quite some time and it always pops back up I always think I'm under control but every now and then something will happen maybe there'll be some distance or maybe there'll be some I haven't heard from him for a while or whatever it is my brain will go to the negative it will assume that 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 equals you're going to leave me and hurt me mm-hmm. so then I start to get emotionally uh, hostile. So I'll say, this means that, that means this, this is what you're going to do, I know it. And it's that mentality that over the years I've had to kind of work on because it's so destructive. You're almost predicting the problems because the thing is, when you're insecure, you'd rather be right than be happy <laughs> unfortunately so you'd rather predict all the problems and say you're going to do this to me i'm going to go now and self-sabotage then just trust the process and accept you might be wrong you might be wrong they might be perfect for me maybe you're the problem so now over the years i've learned that i'm often wrong and it's good to know that
0: wow you really hit me with that that was so powerful um I think especially if you've been through the heartbreak, though, because you remember how that feels. You don't want it to happen again. Mm. So now it's like actually being right is almost soothing. Going back to like how you are kind of feeling control when someone's cheating on you, when someone's like either manipulating you or like eh, just like mind fucking you. I'm not even sure what else, what other word to use. It doesn't feel good. And so you never want to get back there again. And so because you don't want to get back there again, it's actually... You, it is self-soothing sometimes mm. to see, see, I was right. Yeah. Versus, let me let go. Let me trust this person. Mm. And have the opportunity for them to break my
1: heart. Exactly that. Because here's the thing, you know, with pain, physical or psychological, if we can predict it, it's less painful. So what people do who believe that they're going to get hurt by whoever they're with, they'll pick somebody that they know is going to hurt them. They might pick somebody who's married. They might pick someone who's got a history of being unfaithful. They might pick somebody who's emotionally unavailable. At least they know the pain they're about to receive and they, they put an expiration date on the relationship before it starts. It's their way of ensuring ensuring that they'll be single again. Whereas when somebody has high self-esteem, they don't want to pick a poison. They don't want to pick pain. They want to pick a form of connection. So when you've got low self-esteem and you're insecure, unfortunately, what you'll do is self-sabotage by picking the person that's going to hurt you in the most familiar way in the way that you can know and recognize and navigate. And that's why women will go from one narcissistic relationship to another abusive relationship to another cheater and to another cheater because they're unconsciously picking the pain to reoccur so that they self-sabotage and find themselves single again, unfortunately.
0: Wow, that's really hard, yeah. Um, Is it more likely then as a predictor that if they've cheated on someone in the past they're going to cheat
1: on you? Yes, really? unfortunately. And it's not a case of because you should always judge everybody with that, you know, paint everybody with that same brush, uh, especially if it was when they were super young and they haven't done it since. Right. You know, there are exceptions to the rule. But usually when somebody cheats, what that suggests is cheating is a coping mechanism. When things are getting difficult in their relationship, rather than confronting it head on and trying to find a way of resolving the issue, they would rather seek a way of numbing the pain and outsourcing somebody else. So they've used cheating as a coping mechanism. And the only way you'll know that they've changed is if they found new coping mechanisms. So if they found a new way to cope with any kind of stress in a relationship, then you can trust them. But if they haven't and they still have communication issues, they still have that kind of trust issue whatever it is, chances are they'll go to what they know is the easiest way to soothe the pain from when a relationship is falling apart. And if it's been cheating in the past, they'll stick to that oh, yeah, God, that really hit home.
0: So before I met Tom, I was dating this guy and I was with him for about three years, three to four years. And we would have these massive rows, right? And he would be verbally abusive and it was just very toxic and turbulent. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I mean, I was like 16, 17 years old Mm -hmm. at the time, but then he would come back and say, I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again. And then, of course, he would do it again and then I'd leave him and then he would say, oh my God, I'll never do it again. Mm -hmm. And you so want to believe, like you really want to believe this
1: person's changed. But to your point, what have they done? in order to change. Yeah, unfortunately they have to show a a shift in their values and that doesn't come so easy and particularly doesn't come with the person who forgives them unfortunately mm. this is a paradox of life which when you forgive a behavior essentially you give permission for that behavior to reoccur unless you set new boundaries if you forgive that behavior and there's been no change in boundaries um, what will happen is you're teaching what we think we're being showing them forgiveness and kindness and of course they're going to appreciate it and come back with a new per- with a new personality they're thinking i found somebody dumb enough to accept me uh, in my worst form i'm never letting this person go so they end up coming back to you coming not out of love but purely because they don't feel like anybody else would accept their unacceptable behavior and so they come back out of that and we stupidly think because they love us so much but really it's because they found somebody dumb enough to accept their unacceptable behavior have you been cheated on before? I haven't, which is so strange. Considering my radar and my anxiety towards it, you would think I've been cheated on loads. I actually have never experienced it. Not that I know of, but it is what I, what oh, I should yeah, say. It's not that I know of, but I would imagine it's because, uh, and, you know, when I ask my partner, like, oh, you know, and he said, you make it so difficult to cheat on you. Even if I wanted to, it's so difficult <laughs> because you kind of predict all the problems and do all of these things. I, I'm so um, wary of it, which is a really bad way to live, by the way. It's not a healthy way to live but that I almost kind of uh, make it like it's not even worth the trouble because if you were to do it she'll know within a minute and she'll make a big deal. I haven't been cheated but I have an intense fear of abandonment but so cheating for for, for some reason is my biggest fear even though I've never experienced it and from working with couples you can cope with it. It's, no one dies from a partner that cheats. Personally, I just find it a really difficult situation. Have you ever been cheated on? Not that I know of. Um, and yeah. well, but back when I was in my teen years, yeah. my
0: my. So yes, I guess I have been cheated on technically. Yeah. Um, but he, as far as I know, he didn't sleep with anyone. That right. was his thing. Right. It was just a right. snog. At a club for snogging for yeah. all the Americans is basically oh, yeah. a kiss, a French kiss. So he was going clubbing with his mates, and I'm just like, oh well. He says he loves going back to literally where yeah. we started. He said that he loved me. Yeah. He says that you know I'm his forever girl, and so of course he's not going to cheat on me. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I found out, it was a store. It was sobbing. He was crying. Mm. I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. Mm. And I was so insecure. That was going back to like I was so insecure because he was my first boyfriend. I was bullied for my looks as a kid. Mm. He used to tell me, "No one's ever going to love you as much as I love you," and mm. I believed him. Like I had such so uh, low self esteem. Yeah. And so that's why I really wanted to talk to you specifically about this subject because I somewhat knows how it feels when you can have your heart broken and yeah. you can trust somebody and they can actually you know really use that yeah. to your point point. and i want to make sure that people hear at home what you mean it's not that you are dumb it's that they think of they you think as being me. dumb enough to yeah. then fall for it That's again it and i i eventually had to build my self-esteem i had mm-hmm. to build my confidence and then i had to set boundaries to mm-hmm. be like no Th- this shit ain't gonna fly anymore, homie. Yeah. Like, it's just not gonna fly. <laughs> yeah. And it was once I did that that I actually was like, "Why the hell am I with this doofus?" Like, and did, that's when it, I ended did up it. Did it cause any trust issues when you first met Tom, or did you manage no. to park that up? Amazing. Yeah, I think because I'd already built my self esteem. Yeah, I built my confidence that when I met Tom, I was like, "So I'm not gonna take this. I'm not gonna take this. I'm not gonna take this." <laughs> you know, like yeah. this is who I am, and I did it with, um, I think, confidence. Yeah. Um, now I've been t- together with Tom for twenty three years, mm-hmm. and. It has been a stacking stone of building the trust over the years Yeah. Um. because I was worried about like, yeah. you know, what if he takes my heart and breaks it? But I realized like I sat there and had um almost like an, one of those moments where I was like, OK, you can choose this path. You can choose this path. Yeah. One path was you can go in this relationship and always have like, you know, the red flags yeah, up and they're like I your mean. eye, like, you know, <laughs> like uh, detecting. Yeah. Or I can just give myself over. Yeah. And again, it, as an adult, I didn't have heartbreak, so I yeah. understand why that also may be different. Um, but I just chose to give myself over to Tom. But
1: you also chose wisely in your partner selection. Oh, yeah. Talk to That's, me about that, actually. Yeah, because the thing is, as much as you can trust and so on and so forth, when you choose wisely that really helps let go for me that's really worked when you find somebody when you choose wisely the battle is halfway won. like a a lot of the times what women want to do is they come to me they just I just want to work on myself because I keep getting anxious about my partner and so on and so forth but when you look at the partner they've got very good reasons to be anxious comes home late all the time he doesn't check in he doesn't really see it show her concern and they want to fix themselves but when you choose correctly what will happen is you don't need to kind of fix yourself, the relationship is relatively smooth. You'll have ups and downs, but you'll have uh, both of you will want to make the relationship work. And both of you have that joint effort to want to make each other happy. But when you pick badly, it's like you're kind of holding on for dear life with this person, begging them to behave, but they're not going to, unfortunately. So have a look at your selection process. And you chose great with Tom. Like I was telling uh, Lisa before I saw every interview I've ever watched with Tom, he genuinely shows so much admiration and love for his wife in every opportunity he gets to praise his wife. And it's so genuine and so sincere that with somebody like that, how would you get trust issues? to the world he's yeah. not just saying it closed to you to please you it's just how his mind thinks his mind's in a constant state of positive admiration for his wife mm-hmm. how amazing is that thank you I do also think that it, it's I love that right yeah. obviously it makes me feel very good but I do think it is because
0: I gave him non-negotiables when we first met yeah. I said if you so I actually want to talk about forgiveness because yeah. I said to him I am I have zero judgment on women that forgive guys yeah. like zero judge. you need to live the life that you want yeah. and so if your partner has betrayed you had an affair or whatever yeah. and you choose to go back that is your decision to make no mm-hmm. one should freaking judge you for it yeah. I'm just not that woman right? and I knew that I'm from like, the get go all... what, what makes you like that? Um, I know people very close to me who've been devastated by mm-hmm. um, being cheated on yeah. and I was like I don't ever like as a kid I just remember seeing it yeah. and I was like I don't want that yeah. and so it was my thing and so I just let him know hey look I'm not that person that will yeah. take you back just like, I, I love you, but you need to know yeah. if I find out on a Monday at 10am that you've cheated on me at 10.01 and <laughs> packing my bags, yeah. I'm not giving you, I'm literally not hearing you out. Yeah. I don't want to hear why I don't want to hear, you know, because yep. because I'm giving myself over to you, going back yep. to what I said, when you can give yourself over to someone. And I'm like, I'm trusting you a thousand percent. I'm trusting you with my vulnerabilities. Yep. I'm trusting you with my secrets. I'm trusting you with my insecurities. And in order for me to do that, you need to know these are my non-negotiables. And so yep. by 10.01, I'm packing my bags. 10.02, I'm out the freaking door. Right. You'll never see or hear from me again. Period. So that was I was very clear. Crazy. I was very clear. You
1: know, I would say it's probably because you give your all to your husband. Yeah. Yeah. That. When the, the women that forgive, in my experience, tend to be ones that recognize they didn't give their all they recognise that throughout the relationship they took their foot off the pedal they probably weren't really checking in if he's good or not good they weren't seeing him very regularly sometimes they might go a long time without seeing each other um, they weren't prioritizing even their own health so like you know they weren't really looking after themselves in any way shape or didn't want sex so those women when they come to me about the affair they're actually coming with a bit of curiosity that that curiosity leads to forgiveness they're coming with instead of complete anger they We've turned that into... I understand. I, I wasn't really there for him. How do I now fix this? How do I also help fix this? Now, the women that have given it their all, 100%, they've done everything for that man. They've, they haven't left any stone unturned. They're less forgiving. They're like, you know, I've given you my all. I've never strayed on you. I've never even thought about another man. And I've given you everything. If that's not good enough, bye. But the ones that know that, unfortunately, they got a little bit too complacent, they're the ones that are slightly more willing to, to forgive Mm. and I always say that only forgive if you're not going to if you're not going to use the remainder of the relationship to punish him if you're going to forgive and then be angry furious bring it up swear at him uh, if you're going to do all of that just leave it's just easier but if you're going to forgive but then you start a new relationship with each other and try your best to show up again as you did in the beginning then give it another try all right so I'm going to be the voice of someone in my audience right now saying but I really did give it my all Like,
0: Saria, I gave it my all, and he still freaking cheated on me, and I went back to him. My mind goes, and again, this could be a complete naivety on my part, but just thinking back of the, me going back to my boyfriend over and over and over again, yeah. it was the insecurity that I had in myself yeah. because he was saying to me, like manipulating me, saying no one's ever going to love you like yeah. I did. I'd really believed him. Yeah. And I started to think, oh, my God. Because then when he was sorry, it was lavish. Right. It was like, I love you. I'll do anything like I'll show I'll come pick you up. I'll buy you flowers. Like it was so over the top that in that moment of it wasn't necessarily the cheating, but in that moment of like he screamed at me or he called me a name and now he's really sorry because I had the insecurity of "But what if someone doesn't love me as much as he does? I kept going back to him. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's a possibility? Absolutely.
1: As well? What I would say in that case where you have given it all and it does happen because some men are just that way inclined. Um, and you've given it your all and he still does it to you and he still abuses you or whatever it is. Uh, what I say to women in that case, you just have to pick your suffering. If you're going to stay with this man, you're going to suffer in the form of knowing he might do it again, not appreciate what you've done for him and humiliate you and hurt you again. That's a form of suffering. If you become single, you might not meet somebody. You might, you might not, you might be lonely that's another form of suffering. You have to pick the suffering that has the best outcome for you. Personally, I would say being lonely for a little while, hurt a bit depressed and then the potential outcome of meeting someone healthy for you or raising your own self-esteem is a better long-term outcome. I would pick that suffering if you can. But if you prefer the suffering of staying in a relationship with somebody that might cheat again and again, might hurt you, but at least you know where you're what you're doing every day and at least you've got the comfort and consistency of this is my man, then pick that suffering. Don't focus on what you like, focus on what you can take. And if you can take it, carry on. But if you can't, just trust that suffering will have a positive outcome if you have to start again.
0: Ooh, that was so fire, girl. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you said don't hold it against them then. You can't hold on to it
1: and punish them. I think that that's super important. Um, How do you actually then come back from that? What you have to do in that moment is try and understand, like you're almost starting from scratch and even uh, try and understand what is it that, what was he seeking from that affair? What was it that he was seeking? Now, sometimes some men are just seeking to be desired again by a, a, a pretty young girl. They just want to feel like they get an ego boost. Now, the reality is it's hard to recreate that really feeling in your relationship. I'm never going to be a 19 year old Swedish model, so I can't do that for you. <laughs> so that's going to be a difficult one. And that's a low self esteem and an ego issue in him so he has to resolve that in, within himself mm-hmm. but if it's a case of he was seeking a lot of a more conversation he was seeking quality time he was seeking somebody that would make him feel seen again because he hasn't felt that in a while then you can re- regain that but then she'll also have needs i need somebody who makes me feel desired again and i need somebody who makes me feel seen and somebody cares about my well-being so you both negotiate a new contract but if the the, the, the desire or the need he was seeking outside of the relationship is one that you can't build in yours there's no point Mm. you can't build the trust again unfortunately oh god that's so
0: strong um i've heard you say that everyone basically has a potential of cheating yeah
1: Talk to me about that. well, the thing is, I've never been a cheat. Uh, but the reason why I say that is because I try not to put any bad behaviour b- uh, aside from myself as well. It's not my nature to, but who knows? I've never been in a situation where I've got five kids with somebody, I can't physically leave them. So, uh, But I'm not happy and I feel uh, unwanted. And then somebody else makes me feel loved. I've never been in those circumstances. So it's really easy to say, I would never do that. I would never do this. But reality is you haven't been tested. If you feel like you would never do something, it's because you haven't had those testing conditions yet. Give it time. Anybody can do anything given the right or wrong conditions. So what I would say is everybody has a potential. Um, what, what prevents you is creating the right conditions that doesn't push that behavior do you think you ever would have the ability to cheat or anything no until i heard you say that and i was like do i yeah Um, i don't have it naturally it doesn't come naturally to me so if i did it would have to be extreme circumstances but i can understand in somebody's extreme circumstances personally i try not to be in extreme circumstances
0: but i really do think through that because it was like really interesting when i heard you say and i actually have a quote of yours you said your moral compass is dependent on your conditions it
1: is yeah and i was
0: like whoa that's really strong so I started to think okay I know my moral compass and I was like but even in my conditions at the worst of that scenario that you just said right I would say I'm not I'm now disconnected from my husband I would rather leave him and deal with that and then find somebody than ever be the person
1: that would be the person that broke someone else's heart. Yeah, me too. I'm personally love that because I have no fear of being alone. But I also, I, I happen to be an educated woman who has the ability to make my own money. If I were somebody who wasn't that and didn't have the ability to make my own money and had to start again and didn't have family around me and had all these kids, but then I, I don't know what I would do. So it's really like mm. uh, incumbent on your conditions. So that's why I try not to judge everybody, but I would sell everybody if you can, avoid the art of cheating because it creates such an inauthentic, you start to dislike yourself. You start to dislike the person you become because you either have to be somebody else to please the person you're having an affair with or somebody else to avoid being caught in the house. Either way, you're not being yourself. Yeah. Either way, you're losing touch with you and you start to feel emotionally exhausted. So I would recommend always, if you can avoid it, always avoid it. Well, speaking of not feeling yourself, I've seen certain women that I'm just like,
0: she's such a badass, she's really strong and then jealousy comes and yeah. it literally makes them a different human. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about jealousy jealousy. Yeah. Um, you obviously said that you're insecure. Yeah. So how do
1: you handle it? I assume that leads to jealousy. Yeah. Do you know what? One thing I would say is my jealousy, I have zero jealousy outside of a relationship. So I'm so, so happy for people. I'm so excited, especially with other women. I'm so, I'm never jealous. But when it comes to a relationship, because I put so much emotional effort into it, I get jealous. I get jealous very quickly and easily. I've gotten a lot better. But I remember back in the day, I would get jealous about, particularly about somebody's past. I I would have retro uh, retroactive jealousy where I would think about somebody's ex and constantly compare myself to the ex constantly wonder what their connection was like constantly wonder what it was why did they break up are they going to get back together and the reason I had that is because usually the partner didn't give me any current reasons to be jealous mm-hmm. but because of my own insecurity I wanted to find a cause for that insecurity it's too painful to accept that Sadi you just have a problem and you haven't worked through your issues it's easier to say oh he's still in love with his ex so what i would do is create a reason to be jealous and if i couldn't find it in something that's going on present i would find it in the past so if you do suffer from that it might be an internal issue that you need to work on because that is quite a common thing like thinking and comparing yourself to exes and it's usually when there's not a current problem Oh, right, so this is fascinating take me through that then so sadia that starts dating a guy
0: yeah uh, you said you've worked through it now yeah. okay yeah. so take me back to the old sadia so You've met a guy, you really like him, you you seem like a very confident woman. Mm -hmm. I know you said that you've got insecurities, which I completely understand that we most all have, even if we appear confident. Mm -hmm. So you start to research his ex, and you see photos online, I see him on Instagram. How do you then work through it, or how would you work through it now in hindsight to address that, hey, this is a jealousy move, it doesn't serve you, it doesn't serve your
1: relationship, Mm -hmm. so that, that doesn't become a crippling factor in your relationship. What I would say is you have a core belief in you that is limiting you. What it might be is that you might be thinking, I have to be beautiful to attract this man, or I have to be um, very nurturing to attract this man. I have to be something to attract this man. And then when you realize that that's exhausting, you find excuse like his ex and think, well, is she more beautiful or is she more this, or is she more that? Just to kind of like um, reinforce that core belief that love is conditional. So what you have to do is remove the idea idea of comparing yourself to other people by recognizing that even if that person is more beautiful, less beautiful, they're not you. So you don't have to be so jealous. Just like I might like sugar. I might really love sugar. There might be two pieces of cake, but the overall ingredients of a red velvet cake is what makes me like that cake more than a a fudge cake. Similarly, you might be beautiful, intelligent, all these things, but if you're comparing yourself to another person on just one attribute, you're always going to feel insecure. But if you recognize that there's a plethora of ingredients that make you you and you yourself is unique and irreplaceable, you'll be less likely to compare yourself with other people. But if you think you only have one quality to offer a man, every woman is your competition. But if you recognize that everything you work on, all your attributes is what makes you desirable, you'll realize that there's no competition because there's no you. So I always say try and work on other attributes of yourself that would make you less insecure if you can.
0: I love that because when I think about, um for me with Tom, it was very much, of course, there's always be- women more yeah. beautiful. Like, there's 7.5 <laughs> billion people in the world yeah. at this point. And it's like, for me to think that I'm always going to be the most attractive or he's only going to think I'm the only woman that's attractive, like, it, it just isn't realistic. Yeah. So I always, again, going back to like, I know I'm beating dead horse, but this is so important to yeah. say, like, I just deal with the world the way it is, not yeah. the way that I wish it was. Right. And so I go, okay, if the world is, that of course there's going to be women that are beautiful. I'm 44 years old. <laughs> so like, of course, yeah. there's going to be more women yeah. that are going to be younger, hotter fitter bigger boobs like bigger yeah. butt, all of the things yeah. um I, I would just my self-esteem would just plummet yeah. like i just would have zero confidence so i go okay to your point what are the other things that i have to offer yeah and then how do i keep showing up because i'm just going to be honest and i tell myself this i tell myself this insecurities isn't sexy yeah it really confidence isn't. is freaking sexy yeah. Yeah. and so i remind myself that in the moments of insecurity yeah. i go hey lisa are you right now if you're trying to be like appealing you're not because you're insecure and then it really does come to i built my own self-esteem of my own back yeah without tom without him around without my business without money without Mm. success i just built my confidence and so what does that mean how do i just show up every day knowing that i could fail knowing that i could have you know acne knowing that i could my hair can fall out like i had over a year where I was very um, you know I had massive gut issues yeah. so my hair was falling out mm-hmm. my nails were brittle and I felt terrible my, yes. about myself so in that assessment of I don't feel sexy I feel super insecure in those moments mm-hmm. I was like oh it's your hormones yeah work on your health yeah. work on your hormones be the person that got up today and looked at my uh, my blood levels or be yeah. the person right so I started to build my confidence in being the person that told myself I was going to do something and then follow through that was one piece so it becomes these little notches of yeah. confidence
1: that I would do. Well, you, you um, became a problem solver. Yes. That's what, what confidence is, is essentially you take all the problems in your life and instead of seeking ways to numb yourself or going into denial or just seeking highs, you problem solve. And then if some things can't be solved you accept the outcome. That's what what I mean by that is I might problem solve, let's say I don't like my weight. Instead of going into denial or worrying about it or just seeking quick, you know, fixes, I learn how to le- manage my weight. I problem solve that situation. Now, if some problems are beyond me, I just accept some problems are beyond me and I just accept the outcome of that problem not being solved. But what creates lack of confidence is you have a bunch of problems, but you have no way of resolving them and you don't exercise any self-control or any methodology to resolve those problems Mm -hmm. so you become overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and in that moment of overwhelmness you seek your partner to make you feel confident again when it really has to come from your own problem-solving ability so if you're ever struggling with your weight with your health with your appearance with your income whatever it is with your friendships until you problem solve them you're always going to lack confidence